Welcome back, Pick Up Your Bible listeners. I'm so glad you decided to join us again. This final week of this series, we are covering the Lord's Prayer in an effort to discuss how we should pray. Uh, I thought this was a perfect, perfect section of the Bible to refer to because the disciples had the same question for Jesus and Jesus shared the Lord's Prayer in response to that question. So today, I'm not alone. I have my daughter Izzy with me. Hi, Izzy. Hello. (laughs) We went through the verses together and discussed it a little bit beforehand. So she will join in this discussion. Thought it would be fun for the listeners to have a different voice to hear instead of my monotonous (laughs) voice the whole time. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Lord's Prayer, you can find it in both the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. This episode, we will be looking at Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, to give you some background on what's happening in this scene. It is during the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is sharing uh, this instruction for his disciples. So let's read the the Lord's Prayer. Let's start then from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Izzy, do you want to read those verses for us? Okay, so Jesus says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's ESV. So let's break this down verse by verse. I think it will help us as we are forming our prayers and developing our, you know, our style of prayer with God. We want to stick with the instructions Jesus gave us because then we know okay, this is yeah. this is the right way to pray. And interestingly, it's such a short prayer. It's uh, 9 through 13. What's that? Four, five verses. And there's so much covered in that. So that's what I'm hoping to cover here on the episode. So first line, our Father in heaven. Jesus starts off with our Father in heaven. From the Gospel of Luke, he gives an account of the Lord's Prayer as well. And from that account, we know that Jesus is talking to his disciples here, not to the general public. Now, why is that important? In uh, John chapter 8, verse 42, Jesus says, If God were your father, you would love me. When we listen to that verse, he was saying, Those who love Jesus get to call God Father. That's why Jesus says here, if God were your father, you would love me. If you don't love me, God is not your father. So God is not father to everyone. And that's a hard truth, but it is the truth. He is the father in the sense that he created everything and everyone. And so he's the father of all things. But in this prayer, in this ability to call God your father, You have to have that relationship with Jesus. That's what Jesus is pointing out in John chapter 8, verse 42. So that's the first thing is that who gets to call God our Father? And then the fact that he says our Father in heaven, 
I like to point that out because you see this a lot in the Sermon of the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> you see, yes. You see, that didn't sound great. Yes. You hear this a lot in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, Father in heaven, yeah. Father in heaven, as opposed to just Father. our Father. Yeah. You know, he, he always adds that in heaven. And it's so interesting. It's sometimes to compare the roles of our earthly Father and our heavenly Father to show the similarities and to point out the difference. And so I think what the beautiful thing here is that we have to remember that we are not calling out to another earthly being who's in authority over us. This is my Father who is in heaven, my Father who is all-powerful, almighty. As opposed to another human. Right. Not an elevated human, not an earthly being this is your father this is god in heaven yeah and i love that the prayer starts like that and it it puts you in that mindset that right now i'm not talking to someone like me who struggles with the same things that i do who has a limit to what he can provide me be that strength hope resources whatever my need is it's beyond he's beyond all that let me bring my mind to that focus that i am talking to the all-powerful God. So I love that it starts like that. You want to read the second verse? Oh, yeah, sure. Hallowed be your name. And I, I kind of think that's really weird because no one says hallowed. Hallowed and is so funny. I actually only hear that in Halloween. So it's kind yeah. of like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I, I remember reading a while ago about that word Halloween. And it has something to do with, I think it's the yeah, day after... The day after All Hallows' Eve, which was like a celebration of saints. Saints. And All Hallows' Eve was when you would put up scary decorations to ward off demons. This was like a medieval, what do you call it? Like a medieval holiday. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is a funny word and we, I've never used it. I've never heard it in use (laughs) other than here. But in the dictionary, it's, the meaning is. Reverend. sacred sanctified esteemed holy so jesus is saying pray that lord reverenced be your name glorified be your name esteemed be your name not just a proclamation that this is happening you know you are holy you are esteemed you are let it be done through me yeah you know through my life so this is a prayer that my father who's in heaven let my life hallow you yeah right reverence you esteem you that funny word though it can we can get stuck on that but once we break it down into our language yeah you know okay i know how to pray this now in my english in my everyday prayer i can say lord help my life glorify you yeah then you have your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven now this is very interesting because God's will is being done anyhow. In all situations, God's will is happening. We believe that God is sovereign and his will is being done every day, whether you pray that or not. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder what is the point of praying this if it's happening anyway. What helps us here is reading these verses together. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
you know, we have in the Bible people having this vision of heaven. Yeah. And in heaven, how the angels live in obedience to God or how these beings that they can hardly describe crying out, holy, holy, holy to God. So there is in heaven a higher hallowing of God's name that we do not have on yeah. earth. So it's a prayer for that. It's a prayer almost for redemption. Yeah. Where please redeem this the world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Bring us, redeem this world to become a place like that where we're all crying out holy 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 yeah. so it's a it sounds like a cry for redemption so as this translates to our everyday prayer even though we are saved we still are subject to the presence of sin in this world yeah. right it comes out through us comes out through others and we're subject to its the consequences and the effects of it and so crying out that this world be redeemed that jesus come back redeem us from this fallen state that we should cry about that every day cry for ourselves in confession and cry for the world around us yeah. that's suffering in its uh, sin interceding on their behalf so that's how i see those verses and how that could that could translate into our prayer life verse 11 you want to read that one uh, verse 11 give us this day our daily bread before before i start our daily bread is kind of, I find that phrase kind of odd because there must be some sort of meaning to it because if we ate bread every day, <laughs> no one would really live that long. So it can't really mean exactly what it's saying. You were telling me that Apacha and Amichi, her grandparents, yeah. gave her uh, this devotional yeah. called Our, Our daily, daily Bread for one of your birthdays or Christmas or something. And basically the idea of that book, right? Uh -huh. It's divided into daily devotions, yeah. basically daily prayers, daily focusing on uh, some part of the word of God. Yeah. Jesus is pointing out a similar idea here. Yeah. Our lives, the future, our history, it's overwhelming. You can be praying yeah, nonstop and still not cover what's going on. There is <laughs> yeah. so much to pray about. And it could be overwhelming for us. And I think Jesus is reminding us here, as he does in other places, that we need to focus on the current moment, the present, yeah. not what's happened in the past. That's what we confess for and cry out for redemption for. Not what's going to happen in the future because we have no control over that and no idea of what's going to happen. Yeah. We don't have any input into what we don't know. Jesus instructs us to live in the moment and pray for the day, pray for strength for the day, pray for provision for the day, yeah. literally bread, yeah. meaning your food, um, but even, even strength, even wisdom. wisdom, even discernment, even patience and different fruit of the spirit. Like whatever you need to deal with right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you are dealing with suppose an impossible yeah. boss or a impossible classmate and you think oh my god i'm never going to get along with this person i'm never going to be okay with this relationship it could be even in marriage or siblings between siblings you're like oh is my whole life going to be like this yeah. jesus is like don't go there think about today ask for strength for today today is what we need to be praying yeah. for 
Uh, further on in this Sermon on the Mount, he says this again. Uh, it's, it's in chapter 6, yeah. verse 34. He's talking about things that make us anxious. Thinking about, I'm going to get food. Where am I going to get clothing? How am I going to be taken care of? And I make ends meet. Yeah, being, being very vulnerable here. Sometimes I get into this. Years ago, I chose to be a stay-at-home mom, which means we are a single-income family. Yeah. And I can't tell you the number of times it's crossed my mind if something happens where either dad can't work anymore or he's not around, what do I do? <laughs> that yeah. freaks me out. If I start thinking that far or thinking ahead like that, that will consume me and disrupt my today. I won't be able to live in the moment. Then I'm like, maybe I should go back to work. Maybe I should be studying something while while I'm teaching you guys. And it, it gets so overwhelming. And Because it's like you have to live two lives. Yes, which you can do. This yeah. is what Jesus is reminding us is you can't do that. You're not able to handle what's not here yet. You have yeah. to trust that tomorrow I will give you what you need for tomorrow yeah. today. Pray for today. And I just love that because I can't tell you the it's, number of times. It really is. You know, when we read the Bible, it's just so amazing how it transforms your life. Anything you deal with, it speaks to it. And it can show you how do I take the very next step, which is what we need to do. Honestly, this whole prayer, the Lord's Prayer, I feel like it's a reminder to give ourselves to God. Even that phrase, our Father in Heaven, I think it kind of points to the fact also that we're His children. And I think for adults, I don't know, I'm not an adult, but I would assume that for adults, we can kind of forget that we're still somebody's kids. Mm-hmm. We're still our parents' kids and we're still God's children. Mm-hmm. And so that that term father can remind us that we're his children and we can count on him and he's he's got us, you know. Absolutely. And then your mm-hmm. kingdom come, your will be done points to God being in control of everything and then give us our daily bread. It's all a reminder of how God is in control and we're not. So yes, absolutely, that it's it. it's so awesome. Yes. Now we move on to verse twelve, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So this is kind of weird, actually, because I feel like it should be the other way around. Help us to forgive, like you forgive. Uh, it can read like, oh, my forgiveness is dependent on my ability to forgive others. Yeah. So am I really having to earn my salvation yeah, here? Is like, that See, what look, the- I'm doing it, God. <laughs> is that what's going on here? Yeah. So we know that's not the truth. We know salvation is a free gift. Jesus yeah. already paid the price for yeah. all of our sins, including our inability to forgive. It's all covered under that. So what is Jesus saying here? And I love that um, when we run into verses in the Bible or run into scripture that confounds us a little bit or makes it yeah, like, what? Little... That seems to be contrary or, you know, is yeah. Jesus contradicting himself? We read a similar verse in John chapter 7, verse 2. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So it can sound like... Jesus is saying that if we forgive others, then then we Je- will God forgiven. will, yeah, yeah, we will be forgiven. 
But we know this is not true. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 8 through 10. Uh, let me read this for you. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And then this next verse is what will shed some light on what it actually means. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I believe what this verse is saying is that because we were prepared beforehand to be followers of Christ, we forgive like Christ forgave. If we are unable to forgive like Christ forgave, it is evidence that we are not walking in Christ. If that is the case, we are not eligible for forgiveness from God. So it's almost an upside down way of saying it. We lose a little bit in the way the language is set up. But when we study scripture and use scripture to study other scripture, it pours so much light on it and it helps us understand things that are difficult to understand. Yeah, you have to understand the context. Yes. And you, when you're stuck with scripture, other scripture almost throws you a rope that pulls you out of that ditch because it's like, Surely Jesus is not saying I need to work for my salvation because the Bible reminds us again and again that salvation is a free gift, not by works. But then what does he mean here? We need to show the character of Christ through our forgiveness in relationships that have gone sour or that where we've been hurt um, because that is evidence that we are children who can say our father in heaven. Yeah. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And I feel like forgiveness is like you were reading Matthew 7 verse 2, where it says, with the judgments you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's kind of, I feel like that wording is kind of weird. But when you think about it, you realize, oh, it's saying that when I like it says there, judge someone else, that's how I'm going to be judged. And the standards that I hold other people to are going to be the standards that they hold me to. So I feel like that's one of the most common sins where you're just like a hypocrite, especially for Christians, because we can get on this, oh, Jesus loves me. I'm so awesome. I don't do any of the bad stuff. It's so great. And then we can kind of start judging everyone else. And so I feel like this section of the Lord's Prayer is really important to understand because that's one of the most common problems that Christians face that we can start thinking we're too awesome because, right? yeah. Another aspect of that is we do have a hard time forgiving yeah. people who have hurt us in our human, within our human ability, yeah. we are unable to do that. It's like we get so prideful. We yeah, think that like they don't deserve to be forgiven. Exactly. Exactly. It's so it's a good reminder to that yeah. how broken we are. We can't even offer to others what we are asking God yeah. to offer us. But the beautiful thing is again what we read in Ephesians verse ten. God created us for these good works. He created yeah. us in Christ Jesus. He called you in Christ Jesus for good works you can do it because the holy spirit lives in you yeah not because it doesn't hurt not because it doesn't sting every time you think of what happened to you we're not minimizing that by forgiving someone 
we are just trusting that God is just, God is merciful, and God is kind. And he has expressed all these things to me. I can offer that to others. The last verse of the prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's kind of strange because it makes it seem like God usually leads us into temptation because we're asking him not to. It's like when I ask you, can we please not eat quinoa today, please? (laughs) It's like you're asking for something different than what would normally happen. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, it kind of, (laughs) it kind of seems like God would usually lead us into temptation. Right. I think if we, we need to read these verses together, it's not two separate things. Please don't lead us into temptation and please deliver us from evil. Yeah. They're actually, um, they're actually a couple. They go yeah. together. Lead us not into temptation, but you. deliver us from evil. Jesus not saying pray that nothing bad happens to you. Pray that you're yeah. never tempted. Pray that you never suffer. Cause he has told us in other places in the Bible, you will have troubles. But I have overcome the world, so yeah. I will give you peace. We know he's told us in other places in the Bible that we will have suffering as a part of the Christian yeah. life, carrying our cross, right? Pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus himself was tempted and overcame, yeah. right? He wasn't delivered over to evil. That's the prayer here is that okay. don't lead me into temptation where I will finally succumb to the evil one. Help me, strengthen me in the temptations that I face. That's the prayer here. And so we have to read those two together. It can be tricky if we try to read them as two separate things. They're actually together. I feel like that part of the prayer is really important because a lot of times we can feel really guilty because we're being tempted. We can kind of think, I'm such a horrible person that I wanted to do that or that I felt that way. That's that's really bad. I'm I'm doing so horrible, and we kind of forget that being tempted itself isn't a sin. But when we fall into temptation, that's when we're sinning, and we kind of start going down this self pity road where we're like oh, I'm such a hor- horrible person, and and it's kind of good to get your mind right that no, there's no temptation that is coming that we cannot overcome. We have help from God because. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Exactly. And that's the prayer here. And it's so, when we read this Lord's Prayer, it's so amazing. It covers every aspect of our life in these few verses. It's it's amazing. And when we break it down and try and understand, so, so what are we supposed to pray for? It's right there. I hope this helps you a little bit as you step forward into your prayer life. I hope these past few episodes has been helpful in shedding some light on your prayer life. I've learned so much as I was preparing these episodes for you, and I'm so glad uh, that I got to do this as well. Next week on, we're planning to start a new series called Jesus Said What? (laughs) You're not saying it right. It's Jesus Said What? Yes. Well, I'm going to let you introduce those series. (laughs) So basically, (laughs) we are trying to read through scripture, read through the gospels and find things that Jesus said that kind of stumps us a little bit. One right off the top of my head is when Jesus calls his mother 
woman. And yeah, I mean, if what? I called you that, man, I'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. I'd be eating quinoa for the rest of my days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I've struggled with that because it seems rather rude and yeah. unlike his character. So what is actually going on there? So those kind of things. We just want to kind of rake yeah. through scripture and find those things where Jesus said, what? <laughs> How do you say it is? Jesus said, what? Exactly. So yeah. join us again <laughs> next week as we start that new series. And yes. please subscribe. Yes, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. And also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Most of the artwork and the ads ads that are on there for Pick Up Your Bible is done by my little sister, Grace. And she's she's the artist in the family, and she would be so encouraged by you following our feed and if you have questions suggestions or anything you can send them to us at cynthia at pickupyourbible.com and you can also ask for my autograph on there in case any of you were i'm I'm just saying i'm sure you have a following yeah because they're also yeah autograph is there all right (laughs) until next time listeners god bless bye